Live on the free Odyssey app. Showtime. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Ready. ready. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. What do you want me to be? Sister. Here are the choices. This guy. Jeff, how are you? You look good today. Did you trim your eyebrows? I like, I like. Jeff Lutz. It's not really about sense of humor. It's about whether I want to humor you. Do I? Not really. 97.5 in 1240 KFH. I heartily endorse this event for Hello, everybody. Welcome to Monday edition of the Bob and Jeff Show, KFH Radio. Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz co-hosting. Some brand new equipment down here. Man, I look at this. It's like I'm running NASA. It's beautiful. No, really. I mean, look at, look at what I'm doing over here. Yeah, it's a board. Jeff Lutz with me. Uh, Max Fire Producing Engineering, 869-1240. Our program director, uh, Tony Deusing, has been over feverishly trying to help me set all this up. I've done most of the work. Yeah, clearly. Well, look at it. It's got colorful buttons, uh, wires, a nice new laptop. Spoken like a guy who just set up uh, some technology. It's got colors and Well, so look at buttons. these colors. It's got turquoise, some uh, lemon-looking color, some pinkish uh, stuff, purple. Pinkish. Uh, press that turquoise button and see what happens. Well, let's see what, let's see what happens. Listen to that. What was that? That's uh, that's what I set up to have, a little uh, drum set. Why do you got to lie in front of the guy who set it up? <laughs> Why does that threaten you? I'm not threatened. So it's irritated. <laughs> and it, so you're irritated already. I was irritated when I walked in. 869-1240, uh, the IHOP hotline. If you want to check in, weigh in, we'll tell you what's on tap here in a moment. But first, let's get to our regular Monday feature uh, to open the show. Why Jeff is irritated. Is that regular? Yeah, this is the second week in like a row. like a Tuesday feature. No, it's last Monday it was the same thing. What happened last Monday? Oh, you were boiling when you walked down here. I was? What's the problem today? I don't know. Well, something happened. Nothing happened. We have to dig it out of you. Nothing happened. Is it that it's a Monday? No, I usually like Mondays because I, I get to sleep in. I don't know what the deal is. Just uh, one of those days, I guess. Well, let's try to pick it up. I mean, we got a radio show to do. We don't have, there's, there's no time for uh, poor moods or pouting. We got, we got, not we got two hours not to do. Not pouting. Nobody's pouting. Well, it sounds a little pouty. Push the, push some more buttons. I want to. Let's just do that for. Well, this. here we go. Well, that'll. That's just a spontaneous uh, reaction to my. Uh, oh, my nice! Thought. I want to. No, you don't. You don't hear. Oh, I'm going to push one. No, you don't push. There you go. <laughs> These are things uh, we can do but never will. What do you mean? Here's uh, what's, on, what's on tap today. Retiring Wichita Collegiate Tennis Coach Dave Hawley. You may know him as someone else on this show, but today he's appearing as Dave Hawley. He's appeared uh, as Dave Hawley before. Who's been uh, coaching tennis at Collegiate for more than 40 years, and uh, he's bowing out gracefully this year. Uh, at 2.45, Yubin Goncalves from Wichita State Track and Field. Triple jumper. Uh, I think he d did the uh, – I have to check on his other event. But he was part of that tremendous performance by Shocker Men's Track and Field uh, yesterday at the AAC Champions Championship in which they didn't win events, but they finished well enough in so many events 
that they won the dang track meet. Beat Houston. That's amazing, isn't it? Well, if you're uh, like you said, if you have depth and you can place in a lot of events, a majority or a. Do you ever cover a track meet? We talked about this on Friday. I covered one. Uh, I covered a bunch of track meets early, especially early on in my Wichita Eagle career. A lot of high school track meets and a lot of state track meets and a lot of regional track meets. They never sent me to track meet until very late in my run. I went to one state track meet, and that was it. Um, I enjoyed covering track meets. Now, it's a long affair for the most part. It's hard. Um, but you gotta you got to know. I, I worked a lot on the state high school track form chart. With Gary Carr back in the day. Oh, those, yes. Oh, unbelievable. You know, we ran the leaders in all categories for the entire state. And it took a lot of work, and Gary spearheaded that. Uh, but I always enjoyed track and field. Yeah, the state meet, uh, for me, was not easy to cover because I'd never covered it before. Didn't know what to expect, but we got through it. We did just fine. Well, you always had more than one person covering it. Right. Um, I was with Joanna. Except back in my day when I covered everything. They you just did. turned me loose. They said, we got this guy. Let's just get him out there and cover it. How'd that go for you? I went well. I'm going to do some applause for you. No, we're not going to. We're not applauding anything. You know we're going to use those buttons. No, I don't want to use those buttons. Why? I don't like that kind of stuff. That ki- That's shtick. It's hilarious. This show's not about shtick. That's all it's about. No, it's, it's not. Shtick. No, it's not. Yeah, I think so. And then at uh, 325 or thereabouts today, the Bob and Jeff Draft, the third edition. And these have been tight. These have been difficult. These have been contested. Uh, We're 1-1 right now. In everything. Right. And today it's going to be number one draft picks in the NBA draft. Uh, The caveat is we got to pick someone from each decade. So it's going to be fascinating stuff. Not sure I like that caveat, but obviously. Well, I... next week you get to pick the caveat. Oh, I do? That'll yeah. be fun. Uh, I like the caveat. I'm not sure I like it either, better than the original idea. But I think it's going to be, I'd like to get some names from, the, from, from way back into this thing. Well, I just feel like those guys would have been represented anyway, probably. Not all of them. Well, we'll see what happens. It, it does, I guess, uh, invoke more gamesmanship, more strategy, more uh, more thought. Yeah, and you don't have to pick them in any order. So right, I get it. You can get your 50s guy out of the way with your first pick or your last pick. Uh, I like the strategy. Well, it, it, once you pick a guy from the 50s or something, I can just wait to make sure it. Sure you can. That's part of the strategy. Hmm. I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, and I'm out to win this thing. Well, yeah, with making the rules, you should be. Well, th- there's no rules. It's the same for each of us. Yeah. Well, nobody gets an advantage. You get an advantage because you get more time to think about it. You set that caveat and then told me about it. Right. Right, right as now. I am. The, the, the minute I thought of it. Yeah, but I saw it on Twitter and I made my own list. I made my, uh, too bi- bad. my big board. Yeah, there it is. The Monday, what's this first segment on Monday going to be called? Is there a crybaby? We, uh, uh, we could do this every day. Max, is there a crybaby emotion on the on these new buttons? Because that 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 could be it. The crybaby well, segment it. 
uh, with Jeff Lutz. Let's see if this is a cry. No. No. That one didn't do anything. No. <laughs> Push that one again. No, I don't. I don't. I don't hear any crybabies. But that's uh, that could be what we do. Yeah, quit pushing buttons. Well, I like to see what's this going is all on. my uh, setup. Sur- surely we'll have to in- connect those with sounds. So I didn't hear any. from you all weekend. What What do you do all weekend? How was Mother's Day for you? Did you take your beautiful bride out for we went a nice out dinner? We went out Saturday night. Where'd you go? We went to Fuzzies. <laughs> Had a nice little time. Boy, what a what a romantic setting. It kind of was. We went in that little back room back there. Yeah, ground beef or chicken. Nobody it's really. Romantic. Well, does does it have to be romantic? Well, I mean, sure it does on Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. It's not Valentine's Day. It's so not. What'd you have? Well, quesadilla. Just the two of you, or was yeah, it? Yeah, just the two of us. Nice sentiments uh, shared. Uh, I guess. I mean, what well, did you did you drop a Happy Mother's Day? Uh, sure. Why wouldn't you I? Know, you you didn't drop a Happy Mother's Day on anyone else in your circle. Yeah, I, yeah, I uh, did. Outside of your mother, uh, you usually. You usually send out a little uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers who uh, well, helped uh, you along the way. I texted a few people. Did you? Yeah. Well, good for I you. Forgot my mother. Uh, you forgot your mother-in-law. Yeah, I always do. What? I'm a terrible you person. You always do. I always do. Yeah. You always forget your mother. I always. Why do you think that? I is? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I'll have to text her right now. Well, I wonder why that uh, that's you is over on Saturday. Did you tell her Happy Mother's Day on Saturday? No, no. <laughs> uh, I'm a terrible person, but I sent uh, your wife, my stepmother. I sent one to Debbie, uh, our Debbie Griffiths, and I sent one to my sister. But not your mother-in-law. I just did. Well, we'll see what her response is. I'm a horrible, I'm just a horrible human being. Well, it is pretty bad. I mean, I'm not going to give you a soft landing spot on that one for sure. I, uh, unforgivable. I knew I was forgetting somebody, but I texted my sister, and then she texted back, and we were texting, and I just forgot other people. Well. Terrible effort. Uh, we ordered uh, An- Angelo's Saturday. Very romantic. Well, it is somewhat. Ordering food. Yeah, it is somewhat romantic. I had the uh, chicken parmesan. Sounds delicious. Yeah, it was very good. You know we love Angelo's. I've heard. And and we love love Italian food in this house. And so we decided we'd we'd go for the very best. I'm I'm glad uh, it went well. I don't know what to say. You never know what to say. You can't. You can't converse. You can't take it to another level. You can't uh, say. What Debbie have? Uh, see, you can't, that's no good. Because what about what time? All did you, you wanted. Get... Here's the thing about you, you watch and, a movie and radio. Afterward? Here's the thing about you and radio. You want out of the conversation, not understanding that we got two hours to fill. So when I, I say we went to Angelo's, you check out. I don't have anything to say about that. Um, <laughs> it's not, not understanding that we've got. Two hours of radio time to fill. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Angelo's. I already did. Well, then what am I, again, what am I, then what, what would I say since you already you did? Would, you would ask what Debbie had. What Debbie had. She had the, 
the uh, uh, the uh, what she what did she have? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of tough when you get two days away from it or one. The chicken Alfredo, I believe. Well, that's beautiful. Chicken Alfredo, what a dish. With meatballs. Was it just the two of you, or did anyone else? Of course else? it was. Did you, uh, did you do anything else over the weekend that was entertaining? Um, I watched some NBA. I see that you've checked out on the NBA, which is ridiculous. What, who said that? I heard you said that on Friday show. I thought you weren't listening. Somebody told me. Yes, these somebody's who tell you. And why in the or world? Your little informants. That we need to get a. Why get in the world would of. you check out on the NBA? I just discovered that I. Don't, I mean, I'll, again, I still look at the scores. I still pay attention. Well, you haven't checked out. But I. But I don't really care. I don't understand that. The NBA is really fascinating. I mean, you got all kinds of great storylines. Yeah, but it's all now about who choked, and it's James Harden. We're talking. Well, that's what it's always about. In no, sport. it's not. Sure, it is. I don't like stuff like that because last year was about Jason Tatum. Oh, well, let's saddle a guy with a label based off of uh, a few games, and then then he'll score fifty-one. And because we are all knowing and all powerful, we take that label off of him. Uh, I don't just, understand why you uh, why you that offends you to this degree. Well, I do, I, you know, I don't like narratives. I'm not a narrative guy. Tell me what I'm seeing. Don't don't try to spin. Well, you it. don't want to see it. So why would we bother telling you? I don't under, I don't understand how you could not have been into the Lakers Warriors game. Was it game six? Six or the Sixers. Celtics yesterday, Game 7. Jason Tatum was unbelievable in that game. I understand that. He just kept making shots. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It didn't matter where he shot. It didn't matter if he was guarded. It didn't matter if he was stepping back. He was in a zone that is rare to see, even in the NBA where they're the greatest players in the world. And he became the first Celtic in their long postseason history to eclipse 50 points. And if you didn't watch that, I feel bad for you. Well, I appreciate that. And if that. instead you watched the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians played early yesterday. They were trying playing, to, played try, in the morning. Trying to pull it together and score three or four runs a game. Uh, if that's what you're choosing to watch over a game seven between storied franchises in the NBA, then I feel bad did for you. Did you see what Josh Naylor did o- over care. the weekend, though? Don't care. Game. Is he doing it in the big leagues? Yeah. He's doing it in the big leagues. Josh Naylor? Yeah. Yeah. What did he do? He uh, hit game, he go ahead home runs in the eighth inning of each game against the Angels. Why does that interest me? Because it's never been done before. I watched. I watched game seven. That's okay. what I watched. And you watched a team lose by forty, and it wasn't interesting. But it was a good game until the Boston just went crazy, and I'm glad I saw that. I'm I'm glad I saw Jason Tatum take over a game in a way very few players can, especially in a Game 7. Why do I feel like I didn't miss anything uh, by not watching that? But tonight if I don't go home and watch Padres, Blue Jays, or I don't know who's playing, then I will have missed something. Why is it like Because you're letting baseball dictate everything right now. I like baseball. You you fancy yourself as, oh, I'm just going to be the baseball guy now. I'm going to ignore all other things. And I'm going to distinguish myself. My narrative is that I'm just a baseball guy. And to heck with all these other sports. I don't need them. I'm on Sports Sunday, but that's okay. 
I'm going to talk about the Cleveland Guardians on Sports Sunday. We didn't even talk though about three the Cleveland people care. Guardians on Sports Sunday. And I'm going to admit to my audience that the only thing I care about is baseball. Not true. So that when I talk about football or basketball on Sports Sunday, when do we in talk which about, I'm, in which we talk I'm, about the NBA? Wait a minute, I'm finishing up. Well, here. you're lying to our audience now. What did you say on Sports Sunday yesterday? We talked about uh, Wichita State softball. Then we talked. Well, you don't care. Next, I care. What else? That's a lie. Did you talk about the NBA? No. Why? We talked about Ja Morant. <laughs> you didn't talk about the NBA playoffs. We didn't. It wasn't in the rundown. And if you criticize Hindo again, we're going to have words. Well, Hindo's better get it together. Hindo's a great producer. If we're not putting NBA in our Sports Sunday talk at the time. I would have of- said the same thing there that I said here. Well, I, I would have clicked off my television. I would have crushed narratives, and that's what I do. Well, this is a narrative. Why? How is this a narrative? Because you're building your own narrative. This is the story of my life. So you're done with the NBA. I'm not done with the NBA, but again, I just don't feel like I'm missing anything when I miss it. Because every story is, is over-exaggerated. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like the people who really cover the NBA know much about the NBA on some levels. Huh. Charles Barkley? Charles Barkley's great, but he's uh, Kenny Smith. He's for entertainment purposes. Shaq? Oh, Charles doesn't know anything? He knows some stuff. What about uh, Jalen Rose? Your guy, Jalen Rose. Jalen does fine. Stephen A. doesn't know anything? Well, I don't care what Stephen A. says about anything. I kind of do when it comes to the NBA. Why? Because he's, he's out there rooting for the Knicks openly? It's sort of entertaining. That doesn't do anything it's, for It's me. sort of entertaining. Tim Legler, all these guys, they seem like they're pretty knowledgeable to me. But who am I? Eh. Again, we just get these these narratives about who's a Game 7 player and who's not. It's just a ga- one game. We don't know. We can't determine a player's psyche, career, accomplishments, achievements based on how he's done in a couple playoff games. I don't know. I think you got to... I think you've got to be impressed with what Jason Tatum did yesterday. Well, Jason Tatum is a great player. And and you should be invested in watching that. I'm glad I saw that. I'm glad I saw him completely take over a game. I'm glad it's you did, It's fun to too. watch greatness. And if, you, if you're not in, if you're more worried about protecting your uh, narrative. I'm not worried about protecting anything. This is, just, this is just I also was reading a bunch. I read a book. Over the what weekend. book did we uh, get uh, into? I read a, the new Timothy McVeigh book by Jeffrey Tubin. How was it? It's very interesting. Well, I mean, Jeffrey Tubin's one of the best uh, writers of that kind of stuff, of crime, uh, that there is. So I, I need to pick up that book. It's a good book. Now I've moved on to the new Martin Luther King biography. That sounds good, too. I was hoping to get uh, that author on. We've had him on the show before. What's his name? Jonathan Eig. You sure we've had him? Yeah, we had him. We weren't here. It was due to me on Jackie Robinson Day a few years ago, and he had written a Jackie Robinson book. So we talked. If we want his number, we got it. Well, we'll have to get him on because I would uh, love to talk to him about his new book. All right, we'll take a break. This is Bob and Jeff on KFH.
1240 KFH. All right, we're going to play. We're going to play songs about sleep this week, the romantics talking in your sleep. Uh, we are joined by Daryl Strawberry. You may have heard of him, one of the great big leaguers of all time. He'll be in Wichita tomorrow, Eastminster Church, uh, to talk about his life and times, uh, his inspirational and uh, really uplifting speech about. Uh, his redemption. Daryl, welcome. How are you? Um, doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, coming on. We've had you on before when you were in Wichita before. This is obviously a great uh, message that you give out. Tell our audience a little bit about it and uh, those who may not remember uh, your time in the big leagues, uh, your uh, how you ended up becoming a motivational speaker. Well, I think um, things happen in people's life, and, you know, I was no different just because I played Major League Baseball. You know, everybody thinks you should have it all together. Um, I had a broken life, um, ended up in addiction, ended up in Florida State Prison with a T-17169. Just ended up in a down spiral of life, and everybody thought it was over for me. And then I came to a place of, uh, receiving my faith and, and walking in my faith with the Lord. And I became an evangelist, and I started traveling the country uh, about 270 times a year. I've been preaching for about 16 years now, um, and it's just been an amazing run. It's been a greater run than baseball. Um, even though I had a great baseball career, um, that comes and goes. But this life of faith, it does not come and go. Unless it, it only go away if you walk away from it. And I've stayed with it, and I've been able to do some incredible things. Yes, I've been here before. I think I did an FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, before here. Um, and now I'm back uh, for tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a sit-down conversation with a gentleman by the name of Chad, I believe. And, and we're going to talk about uh, my story, my rescue, redeem, and restore story, and how did I get to this place. So, Daryl, on, on a journey like this, on, on your journey, how much forgiveness do you have to have for yourself? Because I'm sure it wasn't, you know, one day uh, I'm down and the next day I'm great. I'm sure there were peaks and valleys, stumbles along the way. So when those happen, how do you approach those? And what is the importance of kind of just forgiving yourself for, you know, occasional slip-ups as you're working to get where you are? I think it's. I think what's important is not only just forgiving yourself, but also forgiving others too. I think if you never get to the place of forgiving others, you're still not well on the inside. And I had to go through that process to be able to forgive my father. I would eventually end up forgiving my father in a hospital, and I would end up leading my father to the Lord. So that was a big thing there in my life because my father had rejected us and left us for dead. Um, and there it was. God had changed me, and He sent me back to extend the same grace that he had given me to my father and he would eventually i would eventually lead him to the lord and he would end up passing away six months later so the forgiveness of my for myself was not just only for me but i had to do another part and i think a lot of times in life people don't do those parts and they wonder why they're still not well ever since 
I had done that with my father many years ago. Uh, my life has never been the same. I've been so well. I've been an uphill uh, run. It's never looked back because I never had to look back at that situation again. I was hurting for a very long time, you know, as a kid and as a major league baseball player because of the rejection. And once I got to that understanding that I had to extend that, it set me free forever. So I've been able to enjoy life at a whole different level than I ever could imagine because I couldn't imagine myself being free on the inside. But now I live the free life on the inside. So now I get to help others and share this with others and hope, bring hope to others. And so they could probably extend some type of forgiveness that they need to extend to somebody else too. Um, to be able to let themselves um, experience the freedom. Daryl Strawberry, our guest, former National League Rookie of the Year, eight-time All-Star, four-time World Series champion. And 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 this story, you mentioned that this uh, this phase of your life is more meaningful to you than your baseball life in, in many ways. But your baseball life was remarkable. And I, I, would, I would like you, Daryl, just to talk about the 1986 Mets, I think that's one of the most famous teams in Major League Baseball history. Certainly one of the most eclectic and interesting cast of characters that ever has performed on the same team. Uh, do you keep in touch with a lot of those guys? Because that was a combustible group in many ways. It was a great group. It was the best group of guys I ever have been around on, on any type of team sports playing together that you know, really truly cared about winning and, you know, cared about each other in regards of in-house fighting or whatever it was. When it came down to us being a group of guys together, I have never experienced that in my life. Of course, I ended up playing on some great teams later, but never experienced a group that really bond together like that and just kind of knew um, that we had opportunity to win. I think going into that season at the beginning of spring training, our manager was Davey Johnson and, um, he just kind of made a voice opinion in spring training that we were going to win it all. We just kind of looked around at each other and thought, yeah, we're going to win it all. And it wasn't easy. It's never easy to win it all, but we never gave up. We could be behind any game and we can always come back. That's the kind of group of guys that we had on that team. It was a fun group of guys, um, outgoing group of guys, uh, great personalities. And sometimes that's what it takes, you know, when you play in New York um, to be able to have that. Back in the 80s were different and what it is now, you know, the personalities of the players that we had are very loud and, you know, what the people say we were flashy, but we wasn't flashy. We, they said we were cocky. No, we were very confident in ourselves. That's, I need to make that statement clear. We were a very confident group of guys and understood the importance of winning ball games and not letting anybody put their foot on our neck. We was not going to tolerate that. We experienced that the year before in 1985 when the Cardinals beat us. In 84, we, the Cubs beat us, but when we came into 86, we realized that we were good enough. We had every every piece in place to be able to conquer what we needed to conquer. So what was it like for you personally to have as much success as you had as a young person coming up at 21, winning Rookie of the Year? You're playing in New York. Obviously, there's limelight and attention there. Uh, professionally, you handled it extremely well because you didn't really have – I mean, first nine years of your career were all great. So professionally, you handled it well. What was it like for you personally uh, as someone, you know, you travel uh, from L.A., your home to New York, and just what was that experience like for you? Well, I think the experience was being able to make 
adjustment to play in New York City. You know, the expectations, the limelight, um, don't get, like, lined up into it. Remember, you're a baseball player, and the action takes place on the field. So I was very talented and understood the game of baseball, and I was not a person of, of fear. And when I'm talking about I wasn't afraid to have some failure because you're going to have some failure. If that's part of it to be able to be successful. And if you can experience that and understand that and don't get too down and don't get too high, um, you stay at the level of knowing your ability to play the game. So I was one of those guys who knew my ability to play the game. I was a baseball player when I stepped on the field. I knew I was the best player on the field. I always told myself that. I never put extra pressure on myself to try to believe I was good. I knew the fact that I was good and I wasn't afraid. And when I learned that I wasn't afraid, I really understood the game better. So I think that that's what really allowed me to be successful at it, being able to watch the game from the field, watch the game. Don't I didn't study film or anything like that and always go back and look at, you know, what I'm where my mistakes are. I knew what my mistakes were and I knew how to correct them. I would go and, you know, constantly work on them, you know, when I got to the ballpark early and then it would pay off in the game. So those were the things that I learned about the game and that's what elevated my game to the next level of playing in New York City. Daryl Strawberry, I guess, he'll be at Eastminster Church tomorrow, 7 o'clock, part of their uh, new Wichita Christian Forum. Uh, He'll be speaking about uh, his story of redemption, of course, uh, one of the most successful big leaguers uh, that we've had. So your your career ended, and you had some time to to think about it. And the last few years of your career were fraught with injuries. You didn't get on the field as much as I'm sure you would have liked. You're a guy that, uh, my goodness, you had 335 career home runs, but most of those were hit in your 20s. Do you ever think about what could have been in your baseball career, or is that not a good thing to think about and you've just kind of moved on beyond that? No, I never think about that. I'm very thankful for the baseball career that I have had, and I think a lot of times if you stay consumed with that, your identity will be just being a baseball player or just being a football player or just being a basketball player, whatever it is, or whatever kind of sports you play or entertainment you're in you can you you can stay in that one place and you can never get past that you know to be able to cross over into real life and become a different person and really enjoy the person that you are the joy of my life is is loving the lord and, and being a minister of the gospel and and helping people and you know going to different places i go i get, get a chance to go behind you know maximum security prisons and preach to men that are lost and broken and you know, it's just a joy to be able to do those type of things. If I, if I was still thinking about baseball, I'd be probably like a lot of other guys being on coaching or being on television talking about the game. But, I, you know, I did that before, and I, I realized that that wasn't for me. I realized that it was something better for me and something greater for me. And then I got into ministry, and then I realized that the impact that I would have on people's lives would be far greater than what I have on a, hitting a home run and fans cheering because it would help somebody else be able to find the right direction in life and find salvation for themselves, which is eternal. You know, everything else is, is meaningless. You know, it's just a part of this life here that we go through and can you get past that? And I was able to be able to get past all those particular things. And now, you know, I have the greatest gift, which God has given me his spirit to be able to go out and minister and, and help 
a younger generation of people hopefully find their identity and the right identity because we're looking at our young people. They've been distracted. They're antisocial, social media driven. They're putting guns in their hands. They're using all kinds of drugs. They're killing. You got kids killing kids. Don't know what they are. You know, it's just sad to see uh, because a society has not given them, you know, some biblical principles to help them be encouraged by faith, be able to live a different way. So have you talked and, and counseled and ministered with uh, with other big league players? Is that part of the work you do? Um, have have any just come to you and asking asking for advice or anything like that? Has that happened? Well, that's a really good question. I, I don't go around the, the sports or, uh, arenas or any kind of arenas like that to, you know, talk about those particular things. Um, I think, you know, a lot of them watch me and they – question it they question well is it for real let's see how long it'll last and it's so funny bob they've been saying that forever and i've been doing it for 20 years now and they're still waiting for me to come back so <laughs> obviously they don't realize how real it is and how serious i am about you know my ministry and and, and the call of my life uh, to do the work of the lord and help people uh there's no going back for me uh there's no going back i mean of course i get an opportunity to go around it um, this past year when I got a chance to go to the spring training, you know, for the match, you know, it's the first time I've been back in the uniform and I'm God knows how long since, you know, being on the field with those guys and seeing, and seeing them work towards their goal to try to win the championship. But you know, my, my place is not being in the baseball uniform, being on the field. My place is being in a pulpit preaching and helping the multitude of people. Well, Daryl, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show and talking about uh, your faith and your ministry. And uh, you'll be at the uh, at the church tomorrow night, the Eastminster Presbyterian, uh, seven o'clock. Tickets still available. Go to the Eastminster uh, www.eastminster.org. Limited number of tickets to see Daryl Strawberry. And before I let you go, I rem- I'm a Cardinals fan, and I remember seeing you hit a home run in Bush Stadium, the old Bush Stadium off the scoreboard in right center field. Do you remember that? 1985, a hanging breaking ball for Ken Daly. <laughs> we would win that ball there game one to nothing. No, they always remind that me, because was... I live in St. Louis now, so they always remind me that I broke their clock. Yeah, that that's one of the most amazing home runs I've ever seen. So I just wanted to see if you remembered it. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. Daryl, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on. Okay. God bless you guys. All right. You bet. Daryl Strawberry, our guest. Again, he'll be at Eastminster Church tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Eubin Gonzalez joins us from Wichita State Track and Field. Uh, They had a ninth-inning rally, I guess we could call it, if we wanted to equate it to baseball, and won the AAC Men's Championship yesterday. Uh, Welcome to the show. How are you? Good. uh, Thank you. Eubin, yeah, it was it was remarkable uh, to read about it. What was it like being on the track yesterday as you see you and your teammates just start to accumulate points, and at the end of the day, you had enough to win the win the title? I mean, it was a, a lot of emotion the last day. You know, we came to this meet, and we were projected to be third or second, and then coming to the last day of the meet, we, we two – to meet uh, two events to go, and we had the, the the chance to win. It was you know a lot of emotion, and then we were there like battling for our teammates so they can 
you know, be high on the on the points and to score and we can win. So, Eubin, you had not uh, competed in the triple jump all season, and uh, you go out in the conference meet and you finish second. I guess the question is: is how did how did you do that without having uh, participated in it competitively the the entire season? I mean, this kind of happened last year as well. Uh, uh, to be honest, like since I got to to WSU, uh, I had had so many injuries and. Last year, you know, I had an injury in the fall, and I didn't compete indoor. And then I came back to again around March, and then it was like a injury. So I just jumped like in the conference meet, and then you know I ended up going and helping the team win the championship last year as well. Then coming to this season, you know, me and my coach we had high expectation on the triple jump, you know. Uh, and then I got injured again in the fall, and it was kind of the same story. And then I actually, I did one uh, triple jump uh, in the indoor conference. And then since then, you know, I was just like doing run, running. And then I came to this meet, and it's basically the same story. It was my only jump. So this this is the second thing, the second time happening, and I guess it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Talking, uh, talking with Eubin Gonzalez from Wichita State Track and Field. So you're you're from Portugal, and you uh, ended up coming over here and attending Cloud County, being a part of their national championship junior college team. How did that come about? How did you end up in Concordia, Kansas? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I don't even know. It's, you know, I was one day at home, and then I was, like, on Internet, and then I just saw, like, a advertisement saying, you know, uh, come to to United States to do college, to, to run track, and, you know, you can have a scholarship and all of those. Then I just put my name on the portal, and then uh, because I didn't know how to speak Portuguese, uh, English at the time, I couldn't come, like, you know, to Division One, and then I ended up going to Cloud, and, yeah, that's how I got here. Yeah, what was the process like of you learning English? Because you're speaking, what is it now? Just a few years later, uh, you're you're speaking it very well. So how did how did you learn? What what did you go through to learn English? I mean, you know, I went to community college and I did I did all these um, like you know English introduction, English second language, and then you know talking with my teammates and you know I, I was making friends every day. That's how I learned how to speak English. Talking uh, Shocker Track, Eubin Gonzalez from Wichita State. So on your bio, it says that you're a sprinter, uh, that you specialize in sprints, jumps, and hurdles. That's a lot to take in. Uh, which is which of those do you, do you feel like is your specialty? <laughs> well, a lot of people ask me that, and it's kind of tricky for me as well to answer because – uh, when I started track, you know, I was doing all these events like as a multi because, you know, coaches were trying to see what, what's the best event for me. And then I kind of like started doing long jump and went and hurdles. Then, you know, from high school to college, the the 110 hurdles get higher. Then, you know, coming to the U.S., the, the training is kind of different. So 
I didn't have too much like time and um, you know enough time with the coaches to, to train the 110 hurdles. So when I was at Cloud, I just told them, hey, let's try the 400 hurdles because I I, I want to give points to the team. You know, I just don't want to do long jump. And then that's where it started. I started doing uh, the 400 hurdles at Cloud, and then since then I've been training for the hurdles. Then when I got here, uh, you know, coaches asked me to do triple jump, and I did it. But to be honest, I tried to focus more on the 400 hurdles because every time when I go home in the summer, I compete, I represent my country. It's always the hurdles that I do. But to be honest, I enjoy doing all the events. It's, I just have fun doing that. Well, the 400 hurdles looks like a miserable time to me, but uh, you must love it, huh? <laughs> I mean, if it, I don't even know what to say. I, I mean, I, it I, just, I, I love It just looks hurdles. so hard, Yubin. It looks so hard. I, I like hard. I don't like easy things, so it's okay. <laughs> so what was it way, like for way, you? Uh, the way, go ahead. The way I look at it is like things I'd be doing jumps and hurdling and running at the same time. Uh, I just feel like at some point I will have to choose just one event. And then if it's the hurdles, I know I'm going to do better because I'm just going to focus on it, you know. And I'm sure my, 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 my time is going to drop, so I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> when did you discover that you had a talent for for running jumping um i'm sure that happened when you were relatively young and and over in portugal what other sports did you play oh yes uh i start uh so i'm, I'm original from cape Verde, it's an island in africa and then when i moved to portugal you know in in europe everyone plays soccer so that's the sport that i start doing it like since you know eight years old to like 16, 15 years old, I was a soccer player. And then I was also like having a lot of injuries. And at some point, I was just like, let me just try something different. And then we also have like this uh, high school competitions. You just go like do a bunch of events like track and field, like tennis. Then you know, one day I was doing track and field for the, for the high school team. And then a lot of like clubs, just saw me and then they, they told me I had talent to do track and field and then that's how it started and I ended up going to a club and then you know I learned how to do track and field Talking with Yuban Gonzalez, Wichita State track and field, part of that uh, tremendous uh, performance yesterday that landed the men with the AAC championship uh, so I, I, I think you're studying electrical engineering uh, tell us what your plans are after graduation. What do you plan to do, Yuvan? Uh So actually, uh, I just graduated. Uh, I'm doing a master's in business marketing right now. Well, the question stands. What uh, what what do you plan to do? Are you going back to Portugal? Or are you staying here in the in the United States? Do you know yet? Uh, that's that's a question that everyone asks me too, but. It's hard to answer. It's, I like to go day by day, you know. A lot of things things come, come up all the time, and then come up. that's how I try to see things, you know. A lot, obviously, I have a lot of plans. I have some stuff on my mind, but also I want to keep doing track, so, and I, I have a lot of options right now, so it, it depends on 
I never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, what I heard you say is somebody make you a great job offer. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations oh. on uh, being a part of this, a big part of this. Uh, your performances yesterday uh, were integral in what Wichita State men's track and field was able to accomplish. Uh, congratulations and take some time to celebrate, okay? <laughs> okay, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. We appreciate you. All right, there you go. Yuban uh, Gonzalez from Wichita State, track and field, a, a native of Alcina, Alversa, Portugal. Yeah, well, a native of uh, wherever he came from in Africa, and then. Well, I mean, he's a native. He's a he, he graduated from high school in Portugal. Oh, sure. So, Is it native where you were born, though? I don't know. I haven't. Uh, where am I a native of Winfield? Sure. Or Derby? I don't know. Hard. To I don't say. know. We'll have to discuss that. Sounds like he spent some time in Africa, though. Yeah, it sounds like he may have. We'll be back with our second hour. You're listening to the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH.